Good morning, Cedar Creek. Thank you. I appreciate that. Appreciate you joining us this morning, whether you're doing that at one of our local campuses here in South Carolina, or if you're up at Fire Station 60 in Hookstown, PA, or at our Safari Campus in West Africa, or even if you're just sitting home alone streaming us online, I want you to know I am so thankful that you are here today. Now, for those of you who have been out for a couple of weeks, maybe a last-minute vacation, or, or maybe you're new, maybe this is your first time at Cedar Creek, you need to understand we're in this series of messages called My Pleasure. And in this series, we're exploring the impact that our service has. Not only the impact that our service has on the people that we serve, but the impact that it has on us. That when we serve others, we are discovering that, as they say at Chick-fil-A, it is my pleasure to serve. Because we were created by God to serve Him by serving others. When we do that, we sense that His pleasure in us, but we also sense this deep fulfillment. This deep sense of purpose and meaning in life because we are doing exactly what we were ultimately created to do. Now last week we spent some time focusing on the connection between my shape and my service. That the unique way in which God has shaped every one of us throughout our lives, that uniqueness is not just an expression of God's love. And it's just not just an expression of your worth and value as a human being, but it's also a clue into the way and place that God wants you to serve. You are uniquely shaped to serve at this time in this place in this way. Now this morning, I want to talk specifically about doing that within the church. Using your unique God-given shape to serve within the church family because that's what church is. It's a family. Church is not just a place you go to for an hour on Sunday morning, but it is a family that you belong to. And one of the best ways to belong to the family is to serve others in the family. In fact, serving within the church is a priority for us in our faith journey. Notice what Paul writes in Galatians 6.10. They're on the top of your program. Paul says, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good. And in other words, let us serve all people, especially those who belong to the family of believers. In other words, Paul's saying being ready to serve anybody anywhere, but make serving other believers within the church family a priority of your life. Especially make sure you're serving within the church. Now, I have to admit that when I read that verse, it kind of rubs me the wrong way. Because it sort of seems like it conflicts with this outwardly focused mission that Jesus has given to his church. 
That we are not to just be all about ourselves, serving ourselves, having it our way within the walls of our church, but that we are to reach out and serve those who are far from God, to impact our community, to serve outside the church. So when Paul says, yeah, you can do that, but make sure you're especially serving within the church, he's not talking about this self-centered focus of church people. He's talking about the priority. Basically, what Paul is saying is great service begins at home. Yes, it begins with your family, with your spouse, with your children, with the people closest to you. But it also begins with your church family. And so this morning, that's what I want to focus on. The why. Why is it so important for me to serve within the church family that I belong to? Now, I'm going to be talking specifically about Cedar Creek. If this is not your church home, these same principles apply to your church home. So when you get home, put these things into practice. But if you would call this place your home, then these are the reasons why it is so important for you to serve here at Cedar Creek Church. Four reasons. There are many. I think these are the top four based on Scripture. Number one, the first reason it's important to serve in the church is because a healthy church helps my community. A healthy church helps my community. The best and most effective way for us as a church to focus outwardly is to be healthy inwardly. How many of you have ever flown on a commercial airliner? Let me see your hands if you've ever flown, right? When you get on the plane, sometime between boarding and departure, the uh, flight attendants will stand up and they will give you a safety briefing. And they tell you what to ha- what's going to happen, what you need to do about seatbelts. But at some point, they tell you that if at any time during the flight, your plane loses cabin pressure, something's going to happen. What is it? What's going to happen? Right. Oxygen masks are going to drop from the ceiling. And then they say, if that happens, make sure you help everybody around you get their mask on, and then you can put your mask on. That's what they say, right? Wrong. They say just the opposite. Put on your mask first, then help others. Now, I just think that's self-centered. I just think that's somebody just trying to take care of themselves. No. Why do they say that? Because you can't help others if you're dying from hypoxia. If you don't make sure that you have what you need to be healthy, you're no good to the people around you. That same thing is true within the church. If we're not serving within the church, then we're not healthy as a church. And if we're not healthy as a church, how in the world can we help those around us who are so desperately in need of help? Great example of this in the book of Acts. With the very first church, right after Jesus' resurrection and ascension, you remember the remaining original 20 or 120 followers of Jesus are hanging out in Jerusalem, and then on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit comes, fills them. They go out into the street, and they're just talking, and everybody's hearing the gospel in their own heart language, and then Peter preaches this amazing message, and 3,000 people give their heart to Jesus and get baptized and join the church. So the church goes from 120 to 3,120 overnight, becomes a mega church. That seems huge. That is a big church. But when you realize that the city of Jerusalem at that point had over 100,000 people living in it, you realize this 3,000-member church is just a drop in the bucket to change that city. So what does this early church do? 
They start first by serving one another. The Bible says they met in large group in the temple courts. Then they met in small groups in homes. And they sold what they had. And they shared with the family of faith. And no one, no one had a single need. Every need within the church family was met. And you think, well, that's great for the church, but what about the hurting people in Jerusalem? Well, look at what the Bible says in Acts 2, 46 and 47. It says, they, this is the church members, they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and notice the result. They were enjoying the favor of all the people. That's all of Jerusalem. They impacted the city of over 100,000 people by first being healthy within the church, making a positive difference. See, church, the better we serve each other, the more effective and lasting our impact will be in our community and around the world. You know, Cedar Creek Church has a reputation in this community. In the 25 years that we've been in existence as a church, we have become known for two things out in the community. One is that they'll let anybody go to church here. Right? You don't believe that? Look around. Look at some of the people we let in here today. Thank God Cedar Creek lets anybody come here. Thank God they'll let anybody be their pastor. This is a, a, a church full of broken people who are just stumbling towards Jesus. And so we have that reputation as a church. But we also have another reputation. You know what it is? That this is a church that is serious about serving in our community. Right? This is a church that is willing to cancel church services so that the people in the church can go out and serve in their community. This is the church who was willing in two weeks to collect 2.1 million sheets of paper and donate them into our public schools to meet needs. This church has a reputation of serving in this community. Do you know why that's true? Because the people who came before us over the last 25 years were committed to serving here so that this church could be healthy enough and strong enough to do those kinds of things. And if we lose that health with, within here, people outside are going to miss opportunities to be transformed by the gospel of Jesus. You know, I said last week, you're not here by accident. God brought you to Cedar Creek Church because he uniquely shaped you to meet a need within this church. And if you're not doing that, then that need is going unmet. And if that need is going unmet, then our church is not as healthy as it could be. And if our church is not as healthy as it could be, we are not as effective as we need to be to bring light and hope to the darkness around us. I guess what I'm saying, church, is it's time for us to put on our oxygen mask so that we can be there for the people who are gasping for air all around us. Your service in the church matters. Because it can change the lives in our community and around the world. Man, this summer, I was just amazed just watching all the things that God is doing in and through Cedar Creek. It's watching a team of folks travel up to Toronto and serve with the children of refugees in that community. I watched high school students give up a week of summer vacation and travel to Guatemala 
to serve in feeding centers with our global partners there for needy kids in that community. Over the last two weeks, I've been amazed as I've watched dozens of home groups reach out to their school partners to love on the teachers as they came back to school. Countless children have been given book bags and school supplies and clothes and shoes so that they could start the year on a level playing field for their education. It's happening all around us, and it's amazing. But if we want to see more of that, then more of us need to be willing to commit to serving here so that we can be as healthy as we can. Healthy churches change communities. Number two, the second reason why it's so important to serve within the church is because it prepares me for what's next. It prepares me for what's next. Serving in here prepares me to serve more effectively out there. Right? The best place to try a new skill, the best place to do something you've never done before, is with the people who love you the most, right? You want to stretch your wings, you want to try something new, then do it in the safety of people who you know love you and care for you, even if you mess up. When I was in middle school, I got on this kick of doing magic tricks. What happened was our family went on vacation, and while we were there, I think it was Disney World, but somewhere I ended up in a magic store, and in there, the guy in there was doing these tricks, and you could buy those tricks. Well, I used all of my saved allowance, my souvenir money, and I bought a couple of three magic tricks. And when I got home, I spent hours in my room perfecting, practicing over and over. And when I got ready to take my little magic show public, do you think I just went to my middle school and tried it on my friends? Absolutely not. I started with my family, because when you mess up with family, it's no big deal. You mess up in middle school, you're ostracized for life. Some of you know you've still not gotten over those wounds. Same within the church. It's this great place to spread your serving wings. It's a great place for you to develop your serving muscles. Because, see, not only is it safe, but it's here there are people who love you enough to help you hone your skills, to help you figure out exactly where you serve best, where you serve most effectively. You, you've heard me say this many, many times. Exercising your gifts is more important than identifying your gifts. See, some of us spend so much time trying to figure out how we're shaped and find the perfect place to serve that we never actually do serve. And so I say, just get in there, plug in, do something, and once you're on the ground doing it, the people around you will help you figure out, is that the right place? Is that the right way? And they'll help you get to that place where you're serving out of your shape. This is the place to practice. This is the place to develop your skills. I believe that's what the church is. I believe the church is an incubator for cultivating great servant leaders that God will use to do amazing things out in our community. This past week, the Queen of Soul, Aretha Franklin, passed away. And every time you turn on the radio, there's a tribute, there's a song. 
I bet I heard the respect song 15 times last week. But one of the things I saw in the news was an interview that she had done about seven or eight years ago. And Aretha Franklin was talking about how she got her start in singing. You care to guess where Aretha Franklin sang publicly for the first time? Where do you think it was? Church, right. It was there within the safety of family and people who loved her, encouraged her, helped her hone her gift where she learned to be and do who God had created her to be and do and to make a huge positive difference in the world around us. Serving here prepares you for serving out there. My favorite example of this in the Bible is a guy by the name of Timothy. When Timmy was a teenage boy, the Apostle Paul came to his town. Timmy didn't grow up in church. His mom and grandmother were Jewish. His dad was a pagan Greek. But Paul showed up and preached the gospel. And Timmy's grandmother, his mother, and Timmy all gave their lives to Jesus in their town. They became part of the church that Paul planted. Paul must have seen something in young Timmy because when Paul left to continue planting churches, he took young Timmy with him as an intern. And for 13 years, Timmy just served faithfully behind the scenes. Simple little task, not world-changing preaching, writing letters because Paul's eyes were bad and he couldn't write clearly, running errands back and forth between the churches, just simple behind-the-scenes stuff. But when Timothy was about 30 years old, he and Paul went to the town of Ephesus because the church that Paul had planted there was in crisis. And Paul and Timmy were trying to help them out. But after they'd been there a short time, Paul got called away to another church that was in a bigger crisis. And do you know what Paul did? He said, Timmy, you got this. You are now the pastor of the church at Ephesus, this big, huge church. You, young Timothy, are ready to serve in this way because you've been faithful in the little things. And isn't that what Jesus said? When we are faithful in the little things that God has given us, it prepares and opens the door for the big things that God wants to do in and through us. You know, over the last 20 years as a pastor, sometimes people will call, they'll come by my office, and they'll say, Philip, i got this huge idea, this big vision, this big dream for a ministry. I want to do all these great things for the kingdom of God. And you know what I always ask them? What are you doing right now? Where are you serving right now? Because I believe with all my heart that if we're not willing to be faithful in the small, seemingly simple things that God places before us, how can we expect Him? to give us responsibility for the big things. But you know what else I've seen? The other side of that coin. People who just show up here at Cedar Creek and serve faithfully week in and week out, and because of that, God opens huge doors for them. You heard me mention earlier our campus up in Hookstown, our little micro campus in Pennsylvania, and our safari campus in West Africa. Those things are going on. Because the people who are there were faithful in the little things when they were here, and God moved them to do even greater. Pete and Laura Lee, here at Cedar Creek for five or six years, just serving faithfully, just doing meeting needs. They became home group leaders, 
And after several years, when the job ended here, God moved them back to their hometown. But they had a new set of leadership skills, and they implemented them. And they are now connecting with folks in that little rural community outside of Pittsburgh. Steve and Angel were just serving faithfully in Kids Creek at our West Campus, just showing up, leading kids' worship, doing small groups. Just being involved, just being faithful in that little thing. And then all of a sudden, God opened the door, moved them to West Africa. And right now, they are helping lead backyard Bible clubs for children in their community using what they've learned and developed here, serving faithfully. That's how it works. So what are you doing now? What are you being faithful with to prepare you for the big thing? that God wants to do in and through your life. Number three, the the third reason that serving within the church is so important is because it promotes unity within the church. Serving within the church promotes unity within the church. If you've ever worked with a team, you understand this. If you've ever been a part of a community service project with your home group or with a small group of others, if you've ever been on a global outreach short-term trip with other people, you know that there's something about serving together that bonds you to each other. No matter what differences you have, no matter what issues you have, when you get your hands dirty serving, all those things that seem to divide you become so unimportant and you recognize you're part of something bigger than yourself. And that same thing is true here within the church, that when we serve within the church, it creates unity in the body of Christ. The New Testament church in Corinth was struggling with unity. This church was made up of a bunch of rugged individualists. They came from different cultures, different religious backgrounds, different races, different socioeconomic standing. Some were free, some were slave, some were Greek, some were Jewish. They were so different, and they allowed those differences to cause them to clash. And their disunity was so bad that Paul wrote to them and said, if you don't fix this, it would be better for you not to meet as your church because your meeting together are doing more harm than good. But I love Paul's solution. Paul's solution to the disunity within the Corinthian church is not to tell them, y'all need to get in a room and work out your differences. Paul doesn't sign them up for cultural sensitivity training seminars. You know what Paul tells them to do? Just serve. Get in there and serve and you'll be unified. 1 Corinthians 12, 5 and 6. Paul says, yes, there are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. Yes, God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. Serving within the church will bring unity within our church because serving does two things. When you serve with others, two things happen. One, you become a part of of the church and not just an attender of the church. When you start to serve, when you put some sweat and blood and skin into this game called Cedar Creek Church, all of a sudden you feel a sense of ownership, 
of belonging. This is not just the church you go to, but this is the family that you are investing in. And as you do that, all of a sudden you start hearing these amazing things that God is doing in and through Cedar Creek Church. You begin to realize you're a part of that. You're a part of that. Because of your service, this church is able to do those things. Whether you're parking cars in the parking lot or greeting people when they come through the door or making coffee and serving donuts or leading worship in children's or center point or being a small group leader, investing in children or just cleaning the bathrooms, whatever you're doing, you are a link in the chain that connects people who are far from God to God. You are connecting People who are struggling without a Savior and a church family to the life-changing truth of the gospel. And there are no weak leaks in that chain. The person who smiles and waves in the parking lot or at the front door is just as much a part of a transformed life as a preacher who preached a message or a home group leader or a prayer team member that prays with that person. We're all part of that chain. And if you're not in that chain, you are missing an opportunity to be a part of something bigger than yourself. The second thing that happens when you serve with others within the church is you learn to appreciate and value the differences of others. See, when you're not serving together, it's easy to sit back in our recliners on our big backsides and point out all the things they do that get on my nerves. But when you're serving, you recognize, man, God made them that way because we need them right here. Serving brings unity to a church, and here's why that matters. Because the fourth reason that serving within a church is so important is that it preaches the gospel to others. When you serve within the church body, it preaches the gospel to others. Church, our greatest witness as a church will not be the songs we sing or the sermons we preach on Sunday morning, but it will be the way we love and serve each other. Not my words, Jesus' words. John 13, 35. Jesus says, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. There is no greater expression of love than simple acts of service done consistently over a long period of time. One of the ladies who volunteers here at our Banks Mill campus during the week as a receptionist shared with me this week that her husband, every Tuesday, buys her a bouquet of a dozen roses for no other reason than the fact that it is Tuesday. It is an expression of love. He just serves her because she loves roses, and he just buys her roses every Tuesday. Now, I know the wives are elbowing their husbands going, why can't you be more romantic? And the guys are like, thanks for throwing us under the bus, Philip." Well, listen, I don't share that to, to throw anybody under the bus. I share it because it makes this point that love is best expressed in simple acts of service done consistently over a long period of time. And see, that's what your service at Cedar Creek does. When you serve consistently, week in and week out, in simple ways, 
No matter where you serve, when you serve, you are showing people who Jesus is. God is love. Jesus is love. You demonstrate that by showing love through serving. You've heard me say this a gazillion times. You're never more like Jesus than when you're serving others. And I would add to that today and say you are never a better witness for the gospel of Jesus than when you're serving consistently in the church body. So I'm going to close this morning with this last verse on your outline because I think this, this sums up everything I'm desperately trying to communicate today. It says, live in a way that brings honor to the good news of Christ. Stand strong with one purpose, that you work together as one for the faith of the good news. That's desperately what I want in my life. I'm pretty sure that's what you want in yours, and I know that's what we want for our church family. So would you pray with me? Father, thank you for the privilege of serving you, because we sure don't deserve it. We've not earned the right to serve within the church. But through your death and resurrection, your forgiveness and cleansing and transforming us from the inside out means that no matter what our past, no matter what brokenness is in our lives, that as broken vessels, we still get to serve you. As cracked jars of clay, we still get the privilege of serving you. So, Father, help us do that. Help us do more than just talk about it, but help us to commit to it so that this, your church, can be healthier, stronger, not for our glory, not to make a name for a church, but to bring hope to the hopeless, to shine light where so many in our community are trapped and broken by darkness. Oh God, we are desperate for you to move in our community. And I think you are waiting on us to move within this church family. So God, have your way with us, your people. In Jesus' name, amen.